So we're right now learning the Mimer, which starts on Daf Samach Amadalid of the Katitera, which means that it's Daf Samach, the second side of the page, second column. Says the Mimer, the Pasuk in Navi that we say, for example, by Tashlich, Tashlich is a great example because by Tashlich we have over the words of Mikhail Kamecha how they correspond to the Yugi That the Pasuk Mikhail Kamecha is the equivalent of Yugi Omisarachim in Navi. So we have to understand what exactly does it mean, Mikael Kamech, and we have to have uh, understand what this means according to Chesidus. So, so the Alter starts off and says that Kale is associated with Chesed. As we know the Pasuk says, Chesed Kale Kalayim, which literally means the kindness of Hashem is the entire day. But what's the association with specifically the name of Kale of Hashem? Hashem's got many names, why Kale? It shows us that the name of Kale is associated with Chesed. Which means that the Pasuk Mikael Kamech means who is a Baal Chesed, who is who is as kind as you? That chesed comes from Hashem, and it spreads infinitely because, of course, Hashem is ain't safe. They could go anywhere. It could go to the infinite depths, like water. They could go from the highest lowest to lowest places. So how does the chesed come all the way down? So Mikhail Kamaycha, the Pasuk, we now know means who is as kind as you. What about the continuation of Pasuk, which is Nesi Avon Pesha? Alter explains that Nesi Avon Verbal Pesha, Nesi Avon means that the sin is lifted. What does that mean? That anything that's a level of Avon, which is a, which a basic sin, can be lifted up and it can be refined, as will be explained later in the Mimer. Something that's a Pesha, something that's an intentional sin, which means it's on a lower level, because obviously if you're doing an intentional sin against Hashem, you're not exactly uh, on the highest of levels, and the Avera that you're doing is also not exactly the most refined of Averas, and it doesn't have the ability to go up. And it says about those sort of sins, about a Pesha, that that your sin separated between you and Hashem. And Chesed cannot reach down to such a level to be able to lift it up. Therefore we say, you pass, Hashem passes over Pesha. However, this only applies if it is, if you treat yourself like She'eris Nachalase, which will be explained later on the Mimer, that refers to one who makes himself bottle like She'eris. As it says in Gemara, in Rosh Hashanah, so, that was more of a general explanation of Mikhail Kamaycha, it's referring to Chesed, but let's explain this in detail. So in detail, Chazal say that Shuvah is on such a high level that can reach until the Kisei Kavit. In Zayar it says that Shuva is Tash of Hay, which is returning the Hay, the Hayla and the Hay Tata, which a Hayla refers to level Bina, the Hay Tata refers to level Machus. This is explained quite well in Igaris at Shuvah. The Altarat, so over here, the Alter Rebbe goes on to explain, to understand all of this, we have to understand what is Shuva. Why? Because there's a bit, the world makes, the oil makes a mistake and says that only people on very low levels and those who do Averis have to do Shuva. The truth is not at all that way. Because if the main aspect, the main aspects of Shuva are on both the Heitata and the Heila. Heitata refers to your Misa and Heila refers to Mashala. So people make the mistake and think that that's the only thing that needs to be rectified. That if you are a Yeshiv if you sit and learn Yeshiv all day and whatnot and you don't do any serious affairs, um, then you're not connected to affairs at all. However, they explain that for the Yeshiv they have the same ideas of Heila and Heitata. That Heila refers to Tereshav Sav and Heitata refers to Tereshav Alpeh. 
that generally, hey, law refers to things done in your thought. Usually, hey, tata refers to things on your action, maisa. But over here, we're explaining that even for somebody who's a yesh ve'oyo, who is not connected to such low things of actual performance of averos, the hey law refers to teresha The hey tata refers to teresha Peh because teresha Peh is about the actual practical application of teresha mitzvahs connecting to corresponding to level malchus. So even yesh ve'oyo, when they interrupt their terror learning and involve themselves in the matters of the world, they still need to do tshuva for that, and they have to do. They have to do proper repentance. They have to do tush of hay, the returning of the hays. How is this done? We, we, let's go into more detail. How do you properly do tshuva? This is through a proper contemplation. No matter what level you are, how do you do a proper tshuva? This is through a contemplation in the greatness of Hashem and emphasis on your davening and focusing with your and investing a lot of kavan into it. That's the level of hey law because hey law of course corresponds to your thought. So investing effort into your davening, mental effort into your davening corresponds to hey law. However, when you verbally say the words of terror, the words of davening, that takes care of the aspects of the hey tata. To understand this further, we bring in another Maimon Chazal that says that there's Shiva Dvarim Kin Mokad Shuva. There's seven things that came before the world. One of those seven things that came before the world even existed was Shuva. How does this make any sense? The Chayra, Tshuva only applies when you do an Avera. And if there's no world, how can you do Averas to have Tshuva done? We're going to explain this later on the Mimer. But to understand this, we now have to understand that the main idea of Tshuva is in the heart. Meaning not necessarily is Tshuva about just changing the, act- the actions that you do. It's also about changing your perspective, which is connected to Heilah because that's a mental exercise. And it involves investing yourself in Klois and Nefesh of trying to connect to Hashem. How is this done? This is through contemplating that the entire world is limited into time, is limited to time. There's the 6,000 years the world will exist. Even Yemesim, Mashiach, and Kiesim, Mesim, which are going to be the world to come. Those are still aspects that are limited to time. And time is a creation just to create the worlds. That through the 12 combinations of the 24, through 12 combinations of the 24 combinations of Hashem's name of Yokei Vavkei, that's how the hours of the day come to existence. And through 12 to 24 combinations of Shem's name of Adnai, that's how the night and the hours of the night come to existence. And the highest that comes into the world is Rotsev It contra- It contracts and goes, contracts and goes, which we're going to say later on is comparable to a heartbeat. That, what does it mean that there's the Rotsev Shov in time? That the highest that comes down for one hour, for one moment, for one day goes up to the source and the new and whatever comes down to give life to the world now is a new life. An hour ago, the energies that were in the world don't exist at all now. Because if that wasn't, if that wasn't the case, then you would only require one combination of Hashem's name to give highest, to give highest to the entire world. And this Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The different forms of life, that makes up past, present, and future. Because past is whatever was, whatever Chais came down and left. Present is whatever Chais is is being given to the world now. And future is whatever Chais is going to be given to the world in the future. That's also why the the term for hour in Hebrew is Sha'a. But we know, like first from Shemun Esrei, Selassim Sha'a, the term to the word Sha'a could also mean a turn. Why is it that 
Hebrew word for time associated with the Hebrew word for term because time is based on the turning of different chayas. This chayas this chayas has its shift. It has its turn. It leaves. It comes back. It leaves. It comes back. Similar to the heart that your heart palpitates in, out, in, out, in, out, your heartbeat. So we see, and the general rule is, we see from our flesh the existence of Hashem. That not just the heartbeat aspect, we also see, let's say you have an idea in your mind that will take three or four hours to explain. Um, but the first hour that you're explaining it, does that mean the last three hours of that idea don't exist in your heart? Of course they exist in your heart, but they're not expressed fully. So too, the very existence of time, the very existence of time to Hashem is similar to that, that, that we feel it as a spread out long thing, but relative to Hashem, relative to the lowest levels of Hashem, this is almost like a single thought that could be explained at length. And keep in mind that Hashem obviously has the ability to do this multiple, multiple times. That when he, Hashem's not limited to only having 6,000 years to give to the world. It says even before the world was created, there were, there were I forgot the exact expression, I think 50 yevolais, that the 7,000 years is called the Shemitah. 7,000 years of the world exists is called the Shemitah. And there are Joshin, there are Memoria Zayar that say that, the, that before the world was created, there were 50 yevolais. 50 cycles of Shemitah, of 50 cycles of seven Shemitah years. So, of course, Hashem's the ability to create much more time than it's been granted to the world. And it says, Ani Hashem Leishinisi, that I am Hashem who hasn't changed. And Anata who came to Hashem is the one that existed in the same way from before the world was created to after the world was created. In the same way he was before everything existed, so too he is now. Ato Vaila the Decha, you are Hashem alone. Nevertheless, the world was created. Nevertheless, the world was created, but still nothing's changed. And Vat Mechayas Kolom, you give life to all of them. As we know that the Yud never Ailam Haba, the Hey never Ailam Haza, the world of Ailam Haba was created with the Yud. And Ailam Haza was created with the Hey. Which that Yud and that Hey encompasses all of time, all of space. And remember, this isn't just a Yud meaning it's re- representative of idea. It's also representative of what a single letter means. A single letter is so insignificant that comparing one letter to your infinite ability to speak is obviously worthless. A single ah relative to all the words, all the words you will say in your entire life, not to mention all the words you would say in your entire life, but the ability you have to say anything at any given point, that single ah that you gave is completely significant. So when the world is created with a yod and a hey, if Eilam Habba was created with a yod and Eilam Habba was created with a hey, that just shows the sheer insignificance of it all. And this is what it means in the Pasuk. It says, that for a short moment, I will let you go. Which is only a moment. But what does it mean a moment? Tashem, a moment is, that a, sing, a thousand years is considered like a single day in Hashem's eyes. So when a, sing, when a small moment happens, it could be thousands of years. What's a small moment referring to? This is referring to the Gauls. It says, that I'll watch at night is considered like a blink of an eye to Hashem. As opposed to when Mashiach comes, when Hashem's presence will be revealed to the world, and then we will see Hashem face to face, and all flesh will see that everything is considered like a single moment. Then we will appreciate that even though thousands of years of Gauls have gone by, it will be a regga cut and it will be a short moment. And the Pasuk continues, and with great mercy I will gather you back. 
wasn't me with great mercy, I will gather you back. That Hashem will gather us back with Rachamim Dalem, that Hashem's glory will reveal itself. And then we will see how everything was just a moment. This is also why we say in our Tzvillahs, for example, Rosh Hashanah, we say the, the entire Brach of Zechorinus. Or in Yalav we say, because we're so insignificant, it's almost like Hashem has to actively try remembering our existence. So a person thinks about all this in his heart, how everything's, how the, all of existence is limited to time. Time is a creation. And ta- Hashem is higher than time. And Hashem, time has no differentiation. Past, present, and future is all equal. That will inflame his heart and arouse his heart to be able to connect to Hashem. This is the idea of tshuva kanmal la'ilam, which you mentioned earlier, that we ended up, we, start, we had again this whole explanation about tshuva believe and how to arouse tshuva. It's all basically goes back to the original point. That how do we understand that tshuva kanmal la'ilam, the tshuva came before the world? How does it make any sense? Because, of course, as we said earlier, that if the world was created, there's no avers. So the explanation is given here. That Shuva is based on Klaus and Nefesh. How do you, the desire of the soul to leave the body and connect to Hashem. How is that done? That's through contemplating ideas that are beyond and higher than time and space itself. That through this contemplation, you're able to reach this level of Klaus and Nefesh and thinking, and this is also what it explains and it's also explained in that it says, I am a Vaya, I have not changed. And you, the Bnei Yaakov, have not been destroyed. This will be explained later on in Sifhei of this Mimer. But over here, the point that we're trying to bring across is that through the contemplation of realizing how Hashem hasn't changed. Why, why haven't you, Bnei Yisrael, why haven't you, the Yidin, had proper class and nefesh and try leaving your simple existence and try and connect to Hashem if you understand how insignificant everything is. Through this contemplation that we just mentioned about contemplating how time and space, time itself is a creation and an insignificant creation at that. Through this, you're going to draw Hashem's light into the world to make a dear b'tachtainim, as it says, that you should guard my mitzvahs, and you shall do them. The words vasisam aisam, the word aisam in that pasuk is written without a vav, which means it could also be written, written it could also be read atem, you, that vasisam atem, and you, b'nei Yisrael, should asisam, you should create Hashem's presence within the world. And that is the conclusion of the first sif of this Mimer. Now let's continue with Sif Bays on Daf Samach Aleph of Lakut Terra, according to the count of Chumash Devarim, with Sif Bays of the Mimer, which is in um, Samach Aleph. Amud Bays, the second column on the first side of the page. So to understand all this about Shuva, we also have to understand what it means, what we say every single day. And Svardin, for example, say before doing any mitzvah with a bracha, we say, For the sake of uniting Kutshabrichu and the Shechin and the Shechina. To unite Hashem's name of Yud, yud and Hey and Vav and Hey together. We also understand what is the letters, what is the purpose, what do the letters of Hashem's name represent? Explains a mimer. Yud shows on Simpson. Look at the physical form of the Yud. It's the smallest letter. In fact, Yud in Kabbalah represents something that has no form. That if you look at a written word on a piece of paper, right? There's height, there's length, there's width. 
There's no way to have something that just exists without any length or width. Because anytime you see something, obviously it has to have, obviously have some sort of width or height in order to see it. Yud represents a level that is so insignificant that it's represented by a letter that could potentially take up neither length nor height, which shows on absolute symptom. Why? Why is there absolute symptom? Because the whole point of Teremitsis is to have a dear titanium. To have a have a home in this world, and all of existence is limited to time, which is considered like a single moment from Hashem. Which means that the only way for all this to exist has to be through many, many tzimtzumim. In order for there to be even the existence of time, as we said in the previous ice. So what does it mean, tzimtzum? That means Hashem's etzem remove Hashem removes his etzem from all of existence. Anything that's unlimited, anything that's infinite has to be pulled back or withdrawn and allowed the other energy that could be limited into time to come into the world. Then that's the Yod. Then we go into the next letter. Hey, hey represents his Pashas, represents the forming and the taking of this energy and building into a form of length and width. Then you have the Vav. The Vav takes what was previously established, what the hey was, and then bringing it down to an even lower level to bring it from the what we could call the Shemai Mimal, and bringing it down to the limited points of this world. Which shows that on taking the Elikos, which previously would be impossible to be, become Gashmias, and then bringing it down to be able to become Gashmias. Then you have the final Hetata, which goes into the lowest of worlds. And that applies, that's the general Hishashos. It exists on all worlds. It exists when we're talking about even the levels before the Tzimtzum. It exists in Atzilus. It exists in the four worlds themselves. Corresponds to Hashem's name. From world to world, that's just how it goes. There's Tzimtzum, then Ispashos, Hamshacha, and Ispashos. There's the contraction of the Yud, the building out of that point of the Yud with the first hay, the Hamshacha, the Vav, and then the further building out with the final hay. Therefore, since it's all built on this foundation of insane amounts of Tzimtzum, that is why the world is called Olam. Olam is associated with the word Helem, concealment. That we're concealing Hashem's Atzim, and this is also connected to the idea of Tshuva coming before the world. The Yatzar Rebbe explains in the brackets over here that Shuva connects to a level that's even higher than the Yud. It's connected to the term Harim Yuladu that before any of existence even existed, there was the idea of Shuva. That's a, there was the level that we connect to when we do Shuva, which is the level of Anechi, as explained in other Maimarim. Continuing Yatzar on the Maimar, this is the idea of L'Shem Yichud. What's the Yichud? That we should connect the existence after all the tzimtzum happened with how it is before the tzimtzum happened. However, it won't ever really be complete. This trying to connect the energies before the tzimtzum happened with after the tzimtzum happened can only really happen when Mashiach comes because then we say, I am buying you that we'll see Hashem face to face and all flesh will see. However, in the higher worlds, even now we're able to try pull, we're able to pull us off to a certain extent of, of the Yichad of Hashem. This is what we say, V'haifa ba'adar nizecha and shine with your great might and your great glory. What does it mean shine with your great glory? We're not seeing any Kiyoleolikos down here in this world, so why are we saying this on Rosh Hashanah? What it means is that the Yud and the Vav, the Tzimtzumim and the Amshacha that happened in Seder Shashalos should be full of the Amshacha, the Hashem's light, the Aryan Seif that should be radiated even into this world, even to the point that it should be spread into Elam Hazad that 
as we continue to say in Rosh Hashanah Davning, that all physical existence should be able to understand that Hashem is the creator. And the point is that everything should know and understand Hashem is Elokos. There's nothing besides for Hashem that there will be, that will be when Mashiach comes. That the Gilead of Hashem's light will be to such an extent that it can be grasped in human understanding. It will be able to be grasped in human understanding. As opposed to nowadays where we don't have this Gilead of Hashem's light, all you have is the Gilead that happens to the Nefesh of the Kis of those who serve Hashem. And it's not really an understanding per se, it's more of an amuna. it's more based on the foundation that our forefathers gave, gave us. Therefore, it says only about when Mashiach comes, that it says, in the Pasuk, that when Mashiach comes, people will literally hide in the caves to be able to get away from the Gilead of Hashem because it will be such an intense revelation that it won't be able to be handled. And then the fear of Hashem will fall onto the physical world from this great presence that all flesh will see and understand Hashem's effect within the physical world, that the physical world itself will not conceal in front of Hashem's presence whatsoever. Now we're continuing with Sif Gimel, which is the bottom of Daf Samach Aleph Ahmed Bays, which means Daf Samach Aleph, first side of the page, second column, bottom of the second column, according to the calendar for the book of Devarim in the Kotitera. So we previously explained the Yichod of Hashem that will happen when Mashiach comes specifically. We've also explained a meditation about the, the frailness of time relative to Hashem's essence. And now we're going to explain how this is able to be felt and reached. This revelation continues out to Rebbe, the revelation of this Yichod of the revelation of the Aryan Seif before Shalshlus, higher than time and space, in Seir Shalshlus, which is limited to time and space, is revealed within the heart of somebody who is a Baal Shuvah, who returns to Hashem with all his heart and soul, with Klaus and Nefesh, with the desire of soul from the depths of his heart. Why? Because through this Shuva, he's able to draw down a Ha'ara, a light, from the Aryan Seif before Shalshlus, even higher than time. Which, that's connected with the Pasuk, that Hashem is raised up from Mimais Eilam for the days of the world. Why? Because the, the term Yemais Eilam, the days of the world, refer to obviously not the physical days because we say a thousand years are concerned in Hashem's eyes like a single day. However, Yemais Eilam refers to the level of Hashem as it is able to give room for time and space. means that we're connecting to a level that's that's Able to give room to time, to time, but it's not limited to time. So when we say Hamas Nasu Mim Salam, Hashem is beyond all that, that's referring to the level that is the source of, of time itself. And through this Hamshacha that's given to the Baal Shuva when he does when he does a proper chuva, that allows him to resent and be repulsed by physical life, limit, in living according to the limited outlook of this world and be able to connect to Hashem that even if he's not, doesn't able, he isn't able to contemplate this, this well, 
to be able to connect to Hashem as a result of the greatness of Hashem. Rather, where he is right now, he feels he's in a place of darkness, that he's stuck in a situation where he's chasing after the vanities of time and he's almost walking in darkness and he realizes where he's holding. Even though he's not able to connect to the higher levels, not be able to appreciate Hashem's greatness, but since he has figures out and he realizes that he's on such a low level and he realizes that he's dis- that he should be disgusted by where he is currently, that allows him to connect to Hashem's light as is before Hashem's even higher than time and space itself. Because that is the Mikhail Kamaicha, who is able to give such kindness and such chesed to people on such a low level. As we said at the beginning of Maimur, this chesed of Hashem is compared to water going from a high place to a low place. That in fact, the lower you are, the lower of a place you are, the same way water drips down to the lowest place, the lower you are, the easier it is for you to connect to Hashem's kindness. And of course, kindness could only really be referring to, sorry, mercy really comes out the most when you're in the toughest situation. You could have people, for example, who live a, who are living a life of poverty and the community won't help them, moment they go to jail, all of a sudden the community comes out in full force to help them out. Why? What? Just because they're in a worse situation? Yes, because they're in a worse situation, the attribute of chesed comes out more to, and the desire to help them more comes out to the point that people will go into prison bringing them food and bread. Same applies with Hashem's chesed. The lower you are, easier it is to connect. So, automatically, a person who's stuck in such a low level and realizes that his life isn't really a true life this arouses Hashem's highest levels of mercy until Hashem's highest comes down to him. This is the explanation of Mikel Kamaicha. Kel is associated with Chesed. That the infinite kindness of Hashem comes down even to the lowest levels of Gashmias to give life to those who are fallen to the lowest level that are almost imprisoned in the physical body. In the brackets, the Alter Rebbe says that the level of Mikel Kamaicha, we say, is connected to the level of Atik which Atik the word atig means removed. That atig, that we're, it's removed from Seder Shalshos, which we previously said that it's actually associated with the level of chesed. That is because there are two ways to view the level of chesed. There's chesed as it is rooted in the highest levels of Hashem. And then there's the level of chesed as it comes and is expressed into this world. So both of them are true. You can say Mikael Kamech is referring to chesed and you can say it's referring to atig. And as it references other Maimarim, explains other places in Chesedis, that the level of Atik Yaimin is also called the level of Chesed. In fact, that's the source of the level of Chesed. Now, we're continuing with Ice Dalid of the Maimar Miko Kamaicha, which is on Dav Samach Aleph Omer Gimel, meaning Dav Samach Aleph, the second side of the page, first column, in the Council of the Kutitera, according to the Book of Devarim. Continues in Eisdalit. So how on earth we said in the previous ice that a person should be able to connect to this high, lofty level of Hashem's kindness, even if he's on the lowest of levels, as long as he does a proper tshuva, he draws down Hashem's infinite light. But how does that make any sense? He should be able to draw down Hashem's infinite light if you're stuck down in this world. So in this another continues and says, Nesi Avim, very well, Pesha, that Hashem lifts sin and overlooks transgression. 
To understand what it means, how this, this is an explanation for the way we're able to draw down Hashem Zamshacha, we have to first bring up that this Gemara that argues and says that when it says, it also says later on in the very same piece that that Hashem crushes our Averis. So which one's true? Does Hashem lift our Averis or does Hashem crush our Averis? The Alter goes on to explain that both of them are true because when you do an Avera, a person does an Avera or Mitzvah Leisase or um, miss an opportunity to do a Mitzvah Sase, the desire he had or the want he had to overlook or transgress the Mitzvah isn't evil in itself. The action he did is evil and has to be crushed. But the energy behind it, the desire he had itself isn't evil. That could be uplifted. That's just energy. That's Kayach. The only problem is that the kayak that he had, the kayak hamasava, the kayak of desire, or the kayak that he has to control himself and choose what to do, his decision making kayak, were being used for negative things. Either his kayak hamasava was desiring not good things, or his decision making decided not to do a mitzvah. There's nothing inherently bad within these aspects himself. The kayak hamasava itself is a necessary part of life. The ability to change your decisions and the ability to make decisions itself isn't a bad thing. In fact, it could be quite helpful for Avedis Hashem. However, in this situation, it could be used in the wrong situation, but in the wrong context for the wrong thing. In fact, the Yitzhar itself, we know it says, say that we should be able to transform the Yitzhar itself as an ability, as an additional way to serve Hashem. Because the Kayach HaMesavah itself comes from the highest levels in Olikos. However, through Shvira Sakalim, which is a, a idea explained in Kabbalah and Chassidus about how the lights of the higher worlds of Tayu are stuck in coarser and lower things because of their high level. So when you eat food, it gives you life because it's actually connected to a higher level than your, than your neshama is. Well, not your neshama, aspects of your neshama, your nefesh Bahamas. That gets into its, whole, its own little explanation, but now is not the time. So when a person does shuva, he's able to uplift the kayak. He's able to uplift the ability and the desire and the decision-making. But the actual action itself it's got to be crushed. The only way to take care of it is completely removing it from the world and wait for when Mashiach comes when it says, Hashem will get rid of all negativity from the world. So this is the explanation of how both Nesi Oven, raising sin, and Kavish Oven, crushing sin, could exist at the same time. Nesi Oven refers to the Kayach, the ability behind your Avera, or the thought that led to the Avera, that that aspect could be lifted and brought into Kedusha to transform your heart and all your thoughts from one extreme to the other, that you could use the Kayach and Masava, you could use the ability to desire to return to Hashem. Kaivish Oven, crushing sin, this is the actual action itself, which there's no way to take care of it. The only way thing you could do is to wait for loss of love it when it will be, trans- it will be destroyed. But still, even though we really have to wait for loss of love for the proper transformation, even now we can still say, that it should be thrown to the bottom of the sea. Why should, what's the significance of throwing to the bottom of the sea? Affairs aren't physical rocks or whatever to be thrown into the ocean. Explanation is that Averis have a very tangible effect on the area around them. That a place that's not holy, you can't 
daven, you can't learn in. And the actual physical space itself is almost inclined to lead to negative things. So the Sasha Mitzvah means they were davening that Hashem should take the Averis and they shouldn't have a physical effect in this world. And a person should not, and the person should not be subject to having to repeat his same sins again until Mashiach, until the end of times when Mashiach will come. The death will be, the death and Tumah should be uprooted completely. And this is another explanation of Nesi Avram Vral Pesha. We previously said Nesi Avram Vral Pesha means Averis, regular Averis, or Averis unintentionally. Yalta Rebbe here explains that Nesi Avram refers to the aspect of the Avera which could be uplifted. That's the desire. The Pesha is referring to the physical action, which has to be completely crushed. And through the Nesi Avram Vral Pesha, that, ref- that removes all the barriers preventing you from connecting to, you- connecting to Hashem. And then your connection to Hashem automatically becomes revealed and unclogged. That Hashem's chesed elyon, Hashem's infinite kindness, comes down into the person to build a connection with the person. Hashem himself hasn't changed. Hashem is just waiting for you to remove the blockage. And once you remove the blockage, there's going to be nothing preventing it. So why don't you feel it? Very simple. Al Rebbe finishes off and says that the reason you don't feel it is because your various themselves still have a little bit of an effect on you but once you remove, once you remove the Averis themselves, the connection's happening. Only way, question is, how do you change yourself that you should be able to feel that connection?